Blog Talk Radio. You're going to get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForCan. Also, the chat room is open, it's live, it's ready to go. So hit us up there. As we talk sports and have have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Of course, always a great show. I'm not going to tell you anything different. This is Paul Gant doing it. I can't tell you any different. But anyway, we're going to be joined by free agent forward Jason Thompson. Get his take on his free agency. And, you know, he's got an upcoming basketball camp coming up in August. We're going to talk to him about that as well. Also, Sticking with the rider, and this is this show is pretty much rider university centric. As we're going to be joined by the assistant coach uh, for rider, Marlon Gill, and we, we've been talking to Marlon throughout the course of the NBA playoffs, NBA finals as well. So we're going to talk to him, get his take on free agency. Durant going to the Warriors, D Wade going to the Bulls, and all the money that was out here. It's a lot of money. A lot of people are getting paid. A lot of people got paid. Not getting paid, got paid. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. But people got paid, and and a lot of people are happy. A lot of lives have been changed this past week, past couple weeks. A lot of lives have been changed. But we, we haven't been here in a while. I mean, we've been going for a minute. Three weeks cross-country tripping. I was out on the West Coast, East Coast, Mountain Time, Central. I drove everywhere from the window to the wall, from from Pennsylvania all the way to California and all the way back. I made it. Memorable experience. We'll get to that, too. We'll we'll talk about my cross-country trip. But let's get right down to it, man. I mean, let, let's talk some basketball. Let's talk some free agency right at, at this point in time. I mean, we, we saw a lot of money thrown around. We saw a lot of things. Some things that, that made you say, whom? Some things that, that made you scratch your head. Some things that just made you crazy. And for some teams, some things that made you happy. Like the Golden State Warriors. I mean, you, you look at the Golden State Warriors now, and, and obviously the big catch, the big fish, was Kevin Durant. Where was Kevin Durant going to do? What was he going to do? Where was he going to go? And we were in Oklahoma City, by the way. Uh, what was it? We were in Oklahoma City uh, two days before he signed. 
So we were in Oklahoma, no, Friday. We were in Oklahoma City on Friday. And, and you know, uh, they had just saw signage around, Katie, we love you. You know, we went by his restaurant, Katie's. It was buzzing. And, and so you got the sense, I mean, I, I guess being in the city, you got the sense that they were, were cautiously optimistic. And as a, going into this, being that I wanted Katie to stay with OKC, I was cautiously optimistic myself because I thought maybe Katie would decide to go on back to OKC. And the bottom line was this. There were teams out there. Obvious State was appealing, and ultimately he signed there. San Antonio was appealing. And to me, those were the only two teams that you can say, I think if you're KD, that those two situations were actually better than your situation in OKC. Those two situations were the only situations I think you can legitimately say were better than your situation in OKC. And I I look at KD ultimately made the final decision, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people out here, Stephen A. Smith, calling KD weak, and I saw saw others say it as well, calling KD weak for this move. And here's the thing. Ultimately, KD's a free agent. He can do whatever he feels like he wants to do, whether that's OKC, whether that's Golden State, San Antonio, wherever. He can do what he wants to do. He's a free agent. He has that right. He can pick any job he wants. He can pick it, and then he can go anywhere he wants to go. He chose GSW, Golden State. But a lot of people call him weak from the simple standpoint. Charles Barkley said he's cheating. He, he views it as cheating. But a lot of people, the, the big criticism is, you know what, KD, it's not like you went to another team. You went to the team that beat you that you were up 3-1 against, that beat you in a seven-game series. You went to that team. You, you basically went to the enemy. And instead of trying to beat Golden State, you said, I can't beat them, I'm going to join them. And, I, I, and the thing is, this does uh, two things in the Western Conference. First, it, it fortifies Golden State and makes them a much better basketball team. I don't know how much you can get better than 73 wins. Obviously, they're going to lose some guys. Bogue is going. Barnes is going. Most Spates is going. So you're going to lose some guys. Guys that contributed. Most Spates contributed. Barnes contributed. He was awful in the NBA Finals, but before that, he, he was decent. And Bogue, he gives you defense. He was a rim protector. He, he finishes in around the basket. I mean, he was solid. And they missed Andrew Bogut in that seventh game. They missed him in the NBA Finals. But I look at it. I, I, I look at what was done here in these NBA finals and what was done here in free agency. And, and obviously, Golden State losing hurt OKC because Katie, does Katie actually go to Golden State if they win the NBA title? I don't think so. Katie, it, it does two things. Obviously, you weaken OKC because OKC, as far as I'm concerned, was probably a slightly more talented than Golden State. And I'll say this, there's no team in the NBA at the time that could say they had two top five players. Westbrook and Durant are two top five players. You can't say that. Now, you go over to Golden State, and you can say what? 
You got four top 20 players? I mean, Draymond maybe top 25, top 30. But you could say Clay Thompson, he's, a, he's a, maybe the best shooting guard in the league. Steph Curry, I mean, he was a unanimous MVP, big time, 30-point score, poor game. He's big. You know, Draymond, do-it-all caliber type of player, play tough defense. You know, a stat sheet stuffer. And now KD. A, a guy who who easily is an MVP favorite year in and year out. A, a, a guy who is a top five caliber player. A guy who said, you know, a few years back, you said it was LeBron and then it was KD. Now, KD's gone. He's now with Golden State. And Golden State with Curry and Clay and Draymond and, 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 and Durant, I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's going to be tough to beat. That might not be beat. And so you went 73 games this year, last year, what? what what's, what's, what's next? You got to do what? 74 and, and, and 8? Is that what you got to do? I mean, but this is, this is going to be tough to beat. The, the key, and here's the thing. Here's what I will say. I'm not ready to crown. I, I'm not putting the crown on the Golden State Warriors right now. You can. I won't. Anything can happen. I look at 2011 when the big three came together in Miami. Braun and, 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 and D. Wade and Chris Bosh. When that came together, a lot of people thought not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. The list goes on and on in terms of championships. But, and this is a big but, it took them, not their first year, they didn't get it done. It took another year, it took that second year for them to get it done. That second year is when they got it done. They didn't get it done that first year. They got it done that second year. And so, with that being said, it might take, time for this thing to come together. You remember the Miami Heat, 2011? There are some struggles there. They got up to a slow start. They were 9-8 at one point. And, you know, we, we heard whispers. We heard talk like, oh, no, maybe this won't work. Oh, what's going on here? Why are you not getting this right? And then ultimately, they got it right. They, they got it right. They they went through the, to the NBA Finals, and they met up with the Dallas Mavericks, a team that they were better than, I thought. But I actually had the Mavericks winning that series to six. That was my prediction, and they actually won it in six. But that's another story for another day. They ran into Dirk Nowitzki and, 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 and a, a Mavericks team that was a team that was a cohesive unit. But now, so you look at Golden State, and one thing you could say about the Golden State Warriors, and one thing you could talk about is their chemistry. They had chemistry. And that, that, team, that, that team flowed. That, that team had a chemistry about that. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see. It really was. But I, I, I just look at this now and I'm saying, this, not gonna ha- this may not happen overnight. That the chemistry, the cohesion may not happen overnight. Again, Bogan is gone. Barnes is gone. I mean, those guys were together for a little bit there. And were a part of this run. Most Spates, who gave him big-time minutes off the bench, he's gone. And he was a big that came in that could score the basketball. 
has has three point range as well. Most base was huge. But they got Zaza Pachulia. You know, that's huge. David West still chasing rings. You know, he's still chasing that money. I mean, that ring, not the money. He's giving up money. He's chasing rings. And I'll get to that in a moment. Maybe I'll stop there right there. Or maybe I'll stop here and I'll talk about it. I understand. And obviously, David West must have his money in order. But you, you, you gave away ten, eleven million dollars last year. You're giving away a lot of money this year. Maybe the same ten, eleven million dollars again to chase a ring with the family, with kids, and things of that nature. Is it almost inexcusable for anybody in the position that David West is in to give up money? I mean, he gave up money. He gave up a lot of money. You're not going to be able to get that money back, as we've seen with Dwayne Wade, who gave up some money throughout the course of his run with the Miami Heat. We'll get to that in a moment as well. But can, can you do that? I mean, can you is, – is, is that acceptable for you to give away that kind of money? You got a family? Will you have an opportunity to change the lives of West, generations of West, for years to come? I don't know. I mean, obviously, an NBA title means so much to him. It means a lot to him. But guys do go broke after they retire. What? Statistically, there's a, a good amount of – good percentage. I don't know the percentage. But a good percentage of, of people, athletes, who, who retire go broke five years later. Can you recoup that kind of money? You can't. So you wonder – and I hope David West's money is right. And I'm not saying David West's money is not right. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying all this to chase a championship. You went to San Antonio with the sole mission to say chase a championship. You you went to now Golden State with the sole mission to chase a championship. You're not chasing checks. You're chasing titles. You're chasing championships. And here's the thing. Um People can talk about, oh, we want guys who, who value winning over money, so on and so forth. But most of us who work day in and day out, we've decided that we, we've chosen money over happiness. Most of us, most people are out here working jobs they don't like to do. They don't like to do it. Most people are doing that. And the reality is we all chase checks. So don't begrudge these guys for chasing checks. Don't begrudge these guys for getting the money that they're for making the money that they're making. They're skilled basketball players and they have a skill that a lot of people don't have. What, four hundred and fifty jobs? Four hundred and fifty jobs. So there's a lot of people who don't have the skill set, not only in this country, but in this world to play NBA basketball. So don't hate, don't hate, don't hate, don't hate on on these players for making the type of money they're making. There are some of these guys overpaid, sure, but maybe they're not because the money has changed, the cap has changed, the money's got to get spent, and so teams are spending it. It's got to get spent. There's only 12 players on the roster, what, 15 players on the roster. It's got to get spent. 
So somebody's got to make it. So you got you got average talent making very very good money. But here's also the thing. Back to David West for a second. It's commendable. It's respectable. It's great. It's understandable. It's all those things. But is it? I mean, is it? Is it? Is it something you could? Is something you applaud? Is it something you just say you shake your head at because this is a lot of money and you're just giving up all this money? I mean, what do you do? To me, I applaud it with one hand, but at the on the other hand, I'm like, dude, you stupid. That's twenty million dollars. I mean, you could easily David West could easily. Get ten plus million dollars in this market. David West walked away from eleven million dollars last year. So I'm just like, wow, you're giving up all this type of money to chase a championship, which is not a given. I will say you might have a better chance this year than you had last year, even though I thought you had a pretty good chance with San Antonio. But David West helps, and as they continue to, to fill out that bench. Who knows? Maybe Ray Allen is coming. There's reports that Ray Allen has the level of interest of returning. And he wants to play for a contender. Maybe it's Cleveland. Maybe it's Golden State. Who knows? Maybe it's San Antonio. But I think after this move of Durant going to Golden State, I think if you look at the Western Conference now and you say, who are the top three teams, top teams in the Western Conference? Let's just go through that for a moment. Let's go through that. And, and I look at the Western Conference now. Obviously, Golden State is one still. San Antonio is still there. OKC now has taken a step back because KD is gone. And who knows what's going to happen to Westbrook? Will they trade Westbrook? We'll get to that as well. But obviously, I think the Clippers – at this point, it's probably the third best team in the Western Conference. I think Oklahoma City, I think it's a, still a decent basketball team. But, again, we've got to see what happens with Westbrook. I think it's a playoff team without KD if Westbrook stays or if they don't trade him. And, and so Portland, obviously, is there. We'll see what Dallas is. Memphis, they had health issues last season, but they did, res- they did sign the Chandler Parsons who's had some injury issues over the year. He got max money, four years, $94 million. What a country. But it, it just, you don't know. I think the Western Conference, I, I thought there were four teams in the West last season that you could say had championship aspirations. Golden State, San Antonio, OKC, and the Clippers last year. This year, I'm thinking it's the Warriors. I'm thinking it's the Spurs. I'm thinking it's the Clippers. And all the rest of the teams, I don't know if they're championship caliber teams. I, I, I don't I don't know if they're championship caliber teams. I, I, we'll, and we'll see what happens. But I think those top three, Golden State, San Antonio, and the Clippers, are three teams that have championship aspirations coming into next season. We'll see what happens. But the Western Conference obviously changes so much after KD made his decision. It really, really changes so much. But I look at going back to Katie. 
for a second. And your OKC is tough. But I, I heard Jalen Rose say something, to, and, and to me that was – it was telling. Not telling. I don't know if it was telling, but it was something that was interesting to me. He said, you know, KD, he could stay in OKC forever, statue, and just be immortalized in that particular city. And to me, I look at that, and from my standpoint, if I'm KD, and again, I don't know what KD was looking for. Maybe it's thinking this was the easier route going with OKC. But if, if, if not OKC, going with Golden State. But if I'm KD, to me, being immortalized, getting that statue, and it's not like his team didn't have a shot to win the NBA title. It, it's not like his team stunk. It, it, it's not like he wasn't he didn't have a top five player next to him. It, he had pieces. It's not like he didn't have a, a big time GM and Sam Presti who who brought in some big time guys and has done a great job over the years assembling this roster. I mean, you get a Victor Oladipo. You, you, you get a Sabonis, who, who a lot of people are high on coming out of the draft. You get that. You get an Ilyasova. Ilyasova. You know, you, you get some pieces to go along with what you already have. You got decent bigs. Kantner, Adams. I mean, there, there's some players in OKC. And they were, it, it seemed like OKC was possibly a two-guard, a consistent two guard away from being NBA champions or at least being in the NBA finals. We'll get to the NBA finals. I was going for that too, man. I didn't have a chance to react to that. I reacted on Twitter, but I haven't had a chance to react for you guys on this mic. I haven't had that opportunity. What was I thinking? But anyway, it's just, I, I think, I don't want to say KD made the wrong decision because ultimately it is his choice, his decision, his life. He does what's best for him. And, and you got to respect that. Hate it, love it, but you got to respect it because it is, it is his life. He really doesn't owe anything to everybody. And, and that's sometimes the problem in life. We think we owe everything to somebody. We owe, I mean, we owe, we, we try to please everybody. You can't please everybody. You, you, want, you, you go through life trying to please people, you'll be an unhappy person. Because you can't do it. You got to, you got to ultimately do what's best for you. You got to look out for people. Not everybody. But you got to look out for people, of course. You got to be good to people, of course. But ultimately, when it comes to your profession, you ultimately, in a lot of ways, you have to have, have to be selfish. Selfish from the standpoint of what's best for you and what's best for your family. Not necessarily what's best for the employer, but what's best for you and your family. And so... KD decided, determined that was best that what was best for him and his family was Golden State. But to me, you look at a Reggie Miller who's beloved and loved and and in Indiana, small market team, never left, stayed there forever, didn't leave, had opportunities to leave, didn't do it. You got to respect it. And I look at Kevin Durant. And I think he could have, just being in that city, seeing certain things in that city, meaning Oklahoma City, that was his town. And and to me, he could have been immortalized. To me, he could have had that statue. 
and that's that's huge. I, I don't. I mean, you, if you have a statue, to have a statue of yourself, that's huge. KD, this you know, he 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 was the face of this franchise. This was his team pretty much when he, when they came to OKC from Seattle. And there should be a team in Seattle, by the way. That's another discussion for another day. And, and so, KD had a chance, in my mind, to be immortalized. Had a chance to get that statue. Had a chance to go down in the history of Oklahoma City sports, Oklahoma sports, as the guy. And who knows, maybe he comes back. I don't think so. It's a little different, I think, with LeBron and him. LeBron, you know, LeBron is from that area. KD is from, you know, the, the D.C. area. LeBron is from that area. He's from Cleveland. KD is not from Oklahoma City. So I don't know if he ever returns, but I, I, I wish that he would have stayed. And by the way, in terms of the rivalry that was brewing, I thought, between OKC and Golden State, it was some good basketball. I mean, the regular season, it was some good basketball games. I mean, it's good basketball games. Playoff caliber basketball games. And, and you know, these were big-time games. And you're getting those type of games in January and February. Wasn't even playoff time. Not even springtime. And, and you're getting those type of games in during that time, during regular season, the type of games that these two teams played, the high level of competition there, the, 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 the high level of play that those two teams, it was great. It was a sight to behold. And, and I, not being able to see that is tough because I thought it was a brewing rivalry there. I mean, you had a seven-game series where you went to seven, and, and OKC had a legitimate shot, should have won it. Three shots to win one. They couldn't do it. You know, a lot of people question KD. KD is one of the reasons it didn't happen. Game six, it was a mess. The, the whole team was a mess. Westbrook was a mess. KD was a mess down the stretch. You could argue that KD, while he was the reason they went up, was well, one of the reasons they went up 3 1, and one of the reasons they made it to the Western Conference Finals. You could argue that he was the reason, or one of the reasons, they didn't go to the NBA Finals. You can make that argument legitimately. So you wondered, and you thought maybe KD would try to right that wrong, if you will. Me personally. I'm the type of guy, and again, I'm not an NBA player. I'm not a college player. I'm not D2, 3, 3, D4, D5, D6, D7. I'm not any of those things. But I like to think of myself as a guy who, when the chips are down and and everything is stacked against you, that you kind of look forward to that challenge. Look forward to the opportunity to try to overcome. And I thought maybe KD was sticking OKC to try to climb that Golden State Mountain. Try to climb those mountains. Climb that mountain. And obviously, 
guess he didn't feel like it was necessary for him to do it. Obviously, he felt like if he couldn't beat him, he might as well join him. I'm not, I'm not saying. Look, that, that's, that, you, you get the sense with Golden State, everybody loves playing in there. It's a fun system. You got guys like Steph Curry taking 30-foot shots. And there's some, especially Steph, is a great bad shot maker. And that's what separates sometimes, uh, you know, the stars from the superstars. The You know, the, the great players. The great players are bad shot makers. Allen Iverson was a bad shot maker. Michael Jordan's a bad shot maker. Kobe Bryant's a bad shot maker. You know, that's what separates those guys. That's what separates the good from the great. The bad shot makers. The bad shot makers. Let's go to the NBA Finals. And I I didn't even get a chance to talk about this because I was going cross-country tripping. But NBA Finals now, and and I know it's been a, been a few weeks now, maybe a month, close to a month. But anyway, I got to give my take on it because I was gone. But I look back on the NBA Finals, and, and LeBron James obviously deserves a lot of credit for what transpired. Back-to-back 40-point games. Messed around, had a triple-double in game seven. I mean, so, you know, he put in work. A huge block down the stretch. I mean, a crazy block, chase down block, down 3-1. And to think about that series, we, you know, we look at the first two games, we're saying, okay, Golden State dominating the first two games. This series might not go five. This series could be over soon and very soon. We look at game three, Cleveland comes back, has big-time performance by Kyrie. Golden State gets it done. Cleveland, very selfish down the stretch there. LeBron, Kyrie playing selfish basketball, one-on-one basketball. No ball movement, no nothing, and ultimately they lose. And they're down 3-1. And at that point, you're saying, okay, Golden State has two games in their building to get it done to win the NBA Finals. And then, oh, by the way, Draymond Green could not keep his legs to himself. You know, we saw the kick against Steven Adams, and again, we saw another kick. Can't keep his legs to himself. Can't keep his legs to himself. Uh-huh. Anyway, couldn't keep his legs to himself. And ultimately, it cost Golden State if Draymond was out game five. Then you lose Bogus. And then Cleveland comes back. Kyrie gets 40. LeBron gets 40. And you steal game five and Golden State. At that point, stealing that game, if you're Golden State, you still feel kind of good because Draymond's back. Even though you lost Bogus, you still have Draymond back. You're do-it-all player. And game six, Cleveland again. LeBron with another dominated performance, a 40-point game. And Cleveland found a way to get it to seven. Game seven. And, you know, game seven was a back-and-forth affair. It was a grinded-out type of basketball game. You know, Golden State made some bad around the stretch. Steph trying to go behind the back. You know, just playing loose with the basketball. Golden State, they tend to play loose with the basketball. They sometimes get too cute. But anyway, and then LeBron, you know, had, you know, they think they were down four or one point, big time three, that helped. 
and then ultimately they were going back. It was back and forth affair in terms of teams not scoring the basketball. You know, the, 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 they just couldn't score, couldn't get it done. And then Kyrie Irving, eyes up Steph, step back three, and ultimately Cleveland gets it done. Before that, LeBron has that huge block, ridiculous block, comes out of nowhere and gets it done. And LeBron and the Cavaliers, they win it and they bring it back. They bring a championship home to the land. Believe land. And so, obviously, it, it helps LeBron's legacy. Three and four is a lot better than two and five. It helps legacy from the standpoint that no one, no team has ever come back from 3-1 in the NBA Finals. And the Cavaliers found a way to do it. It also helps LeBron's legacy because he beat a 73-win team. A 73-win team. Never heard of a team like that. Never been done. There's never been a 73-win team. So he wins a 73. He beats a 73-win team. Down three when he finds a way to come back. And, and so a lot of people saying that series, that series was over on, on a few occasions. 2-0, they said the series was over. 3-1, they said the series was over. And Cleveland. Even, I think even going to game seven, you know, the thought process is always favor the home team. But I, I will say this, Cleveland, after that game five, it seemed like they righted their ship. And you could argue Draymond should have been suspended, shouldn't have been suspended. And I don't think he should have been suspended. I think you darn near have to kill somebody to be suspended in the NBA Finals. It's just the way I view it. Because it's such a huge stage. But didn't matter. He was suspended. And, and I, I don't think – I think the suspension was legit. But at the same time, I don't think it should have happened. You have to deal with it. It is what it is. And at the end of the day, kudos to LeBron James for getting it done. Kudos to LeBron James for, for putting his team – on his back, Kyrie Irving helped as well. In Cleveland now, they got a championship. And LeBron James obviously cements his legacy at this point. And we were talking before, you didn't see when – I didn't see where LeBron was going to catch Michael Jordan. Now I can kind of see it, the possibilities of LeBron James – Maybe, maybe surpassing Michael Jordan. I mean, he's got an opportunity, I think, the way the West Eastern Conference is, the way the Cavaliers are currently positioned, there is a great chance, a great opportunity for LeBron James and the Cavaliers to keep going to the NBA Finals. What, six straight appearances? That's just crazy. That's crazy. Six straight appearances on two different teams. That's dominance, man. And so he has an opportunity, I think, to continue to do it. I think he has an opportunity. And we'll see if he continues to do it. Time will be to judge that. We're, we're going to bring in a guy now. Um, NBA free agency, hot and heavy. Starting to, starting to slow down a little bit. But it was hot and heavy for a moment there. A lot of great deals, a lot of great moves. We didn't even get to Dwayne Wade. And I'll get to that when we come back 
after uh, Jason Thompson. But we're, we're going to bring a guy now who's a free agent at point, preparing for it. We'll see what happens next for him. And, and we wonder what is going to be next for Jason Thompson. Last season, went to a, had a bunch of different stops, Golden State, Toronto, and, um, you know, we'll see where he goes. I think Jason Thompson could put the ball in the basket. I think he's a solid big. He's a solid big and a good a guy, I think, that can really help an NBA basketball team. Let's bring him in now. Free agent center, forward, uh, last player for the Toronto Raptors, Jason Thompson. Jason, how are you, man? Hey, what's going on? Appreciate you for having me. Thanks for joining us. And, and, and Jason, right now, you're currently a free agent, as we said. There's a lot of money out there. But at this point, what's going on with Jason Thompson for next season? Oh, man, you know, uh, I've been in uh, a free agent before. Um, you know, I was with Sacramento, and then uh, I re-signed a five-year deal with Sacramento. So, you know, I've been through, uh, you know, this time. I've been blessed to, to play in this league, um, you know, for eight for eight years and, and counting. So, uh, you know, just waiting all the options, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff been going on, a lot of buzz. But, uh, you know, for me, I'm just, you know, just trying to wait all the options and see what the, the best fit um, and best uh, situation uh, for myself going forward. Is the best possible fit Toronto? You you played in Toronto last season. Oh man, I mean I don't I don't get paid to kind of know that, but uh, but I mean it was good. I mean it, it gave me uh, you know opportunity um, to even to, to show more uh, ways of, of my game. Um, you know I was you know shooting the three ball and, and getting the rebound and bringing it up and, and playing against you know playing with guys that was comfortable. Um, you know as well it's just uh unfortunate you know situation of kind of being there later on in the season and then kind of developing uh you know guys in the system and things like that so you know if I had a, a training camp with them and uh you know got used to the system offensive defense really uh you know sky you know would have been the limit let me ask you this is, is there something specific you're looking for in, in terms of your next team what exactly are you looking for I mean, just just fit and just being able to to you know show my ability. I mean, you know, over the years, you know, I've been fortunate, you know, to play in the league, you know, eight years. But you know, if you kind of go through being crazy, I mean, I'm sure people have been through worse. I'm sure people have been through better. But you know, first my first couple years developing and you know averaging you know double figures throughout the years, and but having seven coaches and in seven years in Sacramento and coming to a team where, uh, you know, coming up with the, you know, the defending uh, world champs and uh, Coach Kerr being out and then Coach Walton's first year being there and kind of understanding, you know, that system and the guys that were already, you know, on that team too. Uh, so, you know, situations I've never been in before. Um, but, you know, I've been a guy where I've been used to, you know, playing 25 to, you know, 35 minutes a game, uh, you know, and, and, and just in there on showing consistency, you know, on offense and defensive end. So, it's definitely for me is just showing um, you know my complete game and, and being able to uh, contribute to a team on a, a consistent level, and that takes you know being on the floor consistently as well. Do you feel like you've been slept on throughout the course of your career? I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I mean, like I said, the first couple of years, man. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people probably didn't know me out of rider, but you know, to average you know a little under you know twelve points a game. Uh, you know, if I average that now, you know, who knows, you know, what happens with, with, uh, with free agency, you know, and then my right. year after that, I averaged 13, you know, uh, you know, 13 or 14, and this is all with different coaches. Uh, so, 
Who would have knew, you know, with the scenario of, you know, maybe having a system, um, you know, knowing the system and learning it on a consistent level. Um, But like you said, guys have stories like that and guys have stories the other way. So in a way, I I feel like it is. It's just just tough kind of just having 120-plus teammates in one organization and two different ownerships um, and then going with a – with a team that, you know, came off a, a championship year, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, it's tough to, to be consistent, uh, you know, when they when they came off their run. Let me ask you this. How, how, how dysfunctional was that King situation? I mean, you, you've seen it up close. I mean, it's tough. I mean, because one, let alone the seven coaches, uh, you know, like I said, the 120-plus teammates, and then also um, not even knowing if we were going to play in that city the next season for the past five-plus years. Um, so, you know, as a player, you know, you always want to say the nice stuff, you know, through the media. But, I mean, that's those are distractions that it's tough to win off. Um, you know, and then obviously not having a consistent group of guys playing with each other. But, you know, I've had, I've had, some, I've had some good times. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, at times, you know, you want to have fun playing the game, but then you want winning to be a part of it. Um, and then obviously over the years, you know, winning, winning hasn't been there. So it's tough when it comes to that. We're talking to free agent forward center, Jason Thompson. And Jason, let me ask you this now. I mean, I, I saw some tweets out there, you know, Dallas Mavericks, they, they got their hands on uh, Bogut, they got their hands on Barnes, and they got their hands on uh, Seth Curry. Now, if they sign you <laughs> and they sign Gerald Green, we have the starting lineup or a, a lineup if it ever gets on the court of Bogut, Barnes, Curry, Thompson, and Green. Those thousands. Wow. I mean, that that sounds great <laughs> on paper wise, and it could be good for for laughs at dinner. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then, obviously, it's a coincidence, uh, you know, with that. But uh, you know, we'll all see what happens later on. Now, you really enjoyed your time in Toronto. Toronto had a lot of success this season, ultimately making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and taking it to a Game 6 against the uh, Cavaliers. Talk about your first taste of playoff basketball. What did it taste like, man? Man, it's, uh, it's an unbelievable feeling. You know, it's a shame that it you know took this long, uh, you know, to be a part of it. Um, but it's nothing like it, man. I mean, you know, just – it was good to kind of, you know, be a part of, the, you know, the regular season with the team and then see how the difference was uh, when playoffs started. So, um, you know, for us to kind of get that monkey off our back, you know, for the past couple of years, not getting out the first round and then advancing against the Pacers and then going to, you know, with the series with my, uh, yeah, Miami, um, you know, and then beating them and again to the Eastern Conference Finals, man. I mean, it was it was an amazing experience, and then, uh, you know, tying the series um, at two. Um, and like right. you said, it was anyone's series. And then Cleveland, obviously the, the champions now, uh, got the best of us. And speaking of champions, Golden State, you played with Golden State for a little bit. Golden State was the champions two seasons ago. They signed Kevin Durant. I mean, you know this team fairly well. What does KD do for the Golden State Warriors? Well, Obviously, it makes their you know their their shooting and scoring ability uh, even even higher than it is. You know when you got you know the two uh, the last two uh, you know MVPs um, you know on, on the same team. Um, you know you're not sure how it's going to be defensively, but like you said, if the other teams can't stop them, uh, 
you know, then you don't really have an issue. So, like you said, it's, it's big, it's shock, not just the NBA world, but the whole world itself, I would assume. Uh, but like you said, that's just the the power of basketball, man, and that's what makes it uh, fun and, and interesting, and, and that's what just makes everyone talk about it. Is that team beatable? I mean, I think anyone is. I know there hasn't been a team to win uh, every game as much as we had the run of probably thinking how that was earlier uh, this season. Um, but, you know, any, any team's beatable. We're talking to free agent forward center Jason Thompson. Jason, let me ask you this, man. Last year, it an interesting journey for you, traded from the Kings to Philly, from Philly to the Warriors, and ultimately you ended up in Toronto. One word to describe last season. Well, I wouldn't even consider – I mean, no offense to the I wouldn't even consider that. I mean, I was there for, what, a couple of weeks. I mean, it was in this off season, So, I mean, I didn't put a jersey up, didn't pick a number. So, I wouldn't even really consider that. We, You know, we agreed on terms of going to the defending champs. And, um, you know, that was that with that situation. Um, but it's just – I could just say uh, historical, you know, being with two historical teams, you know, making history um, and just different. Um, you know, being with two circle teams and then, uh, you know, being on, have, wearing a different jersey with a different team. Uh, also, you know, not, you know, starting like I'm used to or being a, uh, you know, 25 to 35 minute type, you know, guy. And then also just, um, you know, just getting used to, like you said, different, another different coach and different system and things like that. So definitely it was a learning experience. Um, so, I could say historical, um, you know, different, and, and definitely a, a learning experience. So when you were traded to Philly, did you know ultimately that you would be moved again, or did you think you were going to stay there? No, nah, I mean, you know, I had, a, like I said, a mutual agreement. I mean, there was a team that's, you know, okay. on the, you know, they, you know, a team that, you know, wanted to get a high pick this year, and that means you're not looking to win. So, you know, they're like, you respect your game. We, we love you here, but, you know, they're interested in you as well. Uh, you know, so it was kind of, you know, a mutual agreement and everything worked out. Like I said, if you don't know the, the business of basketball, then you probably wouldn't understand. But uh, but it was it was fine for me. <laughs> it worked out very well for you. <laughs> yeah. now, now, Jason, you were recently inducted into the Rhino University Hall of Fame I mean, you did big things at Ryder. You led that team to a, to the NCAA tournament. Talk about what it meant to you to be inducted into the Ryder University Hall of Fame. Man, uh, you know, one thing that you, you probably really don't know uh, when you sign your letter of intent, you know, you know you want to, you know, do well and, and be successful, um, but you never know, uh, you know, you'll get your jersey retired in it, you know, once, you know, being a Hall of Fame, so... That was, uh, you know, definitely a dream come true of mine and uh, had a lot of people um, that uh, that helped me out through the way over those four years and, and got me into college as well. Um, so it was a special moment and, uh, you know, one I'll always uh, cherish for sure. Now, Jason, you're doing big things with the Jason Thompson Foundation. you got a basketball camp coming up, Elite Jason Thompson Elite Basketball Camp coming up in August, August 22nd through the 26th out there in Jersey. Burlington, New Jersey, to be exact. Talk about this camp. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's an annual camp. Um, I've done most of them uh, when I was at Sacramento. 
Um, also, I have ones at Ryder, but uh, this is the one that I'm doing, uh, you know, around my hometown in, in South Jersey. So it's uh, from August 22nd to 26th um, at Burlington Life Center in Burlington, New Jersey. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, for me, it's not even about, you know, the money, even though all the proceeds go to my foundation. Uh, but, you know, it's $100. And like I said, it's a tax deductible donation to the foundation. Um, I have scholarships available. Um, you know, to the less fortunate kids that, that love, uh, you know, playing the game, boys and girls. Um, and then all the people can register um, at thejasonthompsonfoundation.com. Um, they can answer uh, any questions they have on the email, which is on the website. So it's been going on for a while. You know, we've been going from 200 to 250 to 350 kids uh, each year. Um, and then most of the time I have, you know, one or two camps um, a summer. So it's been great. It's been growing. And uh, a lot of kids have gotten better. And, uh, you know, they comment on saying that how much their game has changed uh, ever since they started coming to the camps. And, and you look at $100 for a five-day camp. I mean, that's a bargain. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's been good. And then, you know, for me, uh, you know, a sack, it, you know, it was great over the years. And then, you know, more people just wanted to keep donating and things like that. But then, you know, for the first time kind of, you know, being, you know, back home, um, you know, I just want to get my, you know, my feet wet uh, from hometown. And, and then they also have supported me throughout the different events that I have too. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's going to be exciting to, to bring it back home. And, uh, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of the kids and uh, the parents are going to enjoy. So fans, make sure you go to the website thejasonthompsonfoundation.com. You can register there. Again, $100 for a five-day camp. You talk about a bargain. That's a big-time bargain. And lunch will be provided. I mean, so you got a lot. There's a lot of things out there for, for, for the campers to do. And you got all these different things that he's offering you. So make sure you go to the website, thejasonthompsonfoundation.com, and support all the great things going on with Jason Thompson. Let me ask you this now. I mean, uh, going back to, to all the money that, that's out there, and ultimately <laughs> you didn't play the, the type of minutes that you're used to playing throughout the course of your career, and thus you may not be getting the type of money that others are getting. D- d- are you kind of kicking yourself a little bit? I mean, what, what's going through your head? For me, it's going to be interesting just because, you know, smart with everything and, uh, you know, with the salary cap going on each year, each year you know, sometimes you'll do – Maybe a short term now, and long term later. So, like you said, it's uh, all just going to just depend on me being able to to fit well and showcase myself, and then be able to you know help a team uh, you know throughout uh, you know next season or seasons to come. With, with the spike, with the salary cap and everything, the salary cap increasing and everything, did did you expect this? Do you expect it? Uh, all these different contracts out here. The big contracts. Man, I don't think I don't think anyone has really. Um, you know, like you said, if it was the, you know, when I signed my five-year deal and the salary caps like this, you know, I'll be, you know, licking my chops right now. So, like you said, <laughs> everything changes. Um, you know, it's just how how things go, and like you said, that's how you, you know, you have to, you know, the game has changed as well. You know, there was post-up fours and fives, and now there's threes playing the fours and fives you know, uh, rebounding and blocking shots and rolling to the rim. And you have some five shooting three. So, like you said, the game has changed. Salary has changed. You know, everything has changed. So, you kind of just got to adapt to things and uh, make sure it works, uh, you know, for the player. 
For sure, for sure. So we'll see where you land ultimately. I mean, the, you know, free agency is still going on, so we'll see where Jason Thompson lands next season. Fans, make sure you hit this man up on Twitter, at JT the Kid and support all the great things going on with Jason Thompson. Jason, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. Oh, sounds good, man. Yeah, uh, you know, this is definitely something life after basketball. Uh, got my degree in TV radio, so definitely uh, want to come back on your show and then, uh, you know, uh, you know, work work together on certain things too. So appreciate you for having me, man. Jason Thompson, forward, center, free agent forward and center, and last player for the Toronto Raptors. And again, a guy like him, and um, you, you wonder, and you'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Obviously, there's just still some money out there. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people are signing. Still, some people out there, but. I think you're up for a basketball team. I, I really do. So we'll have we'll see what happens with Jason Thompson. Pleasure talking to him. Let's get now to Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade, as we all know, signed a two-year, $47 million deal with the Chicago Bulls, a player option for the second year. And it, we, we over the past few weeks, you, you wondered, D-Wade's been flirting, flirting with other teams, but you never got the sense that D-Wade was going to leave. You, you never thought in the wildest dreams, in your wildest dreams, that D-Wade would leave Miami. You know, there's certain guys you, you think would be in certain situations forever. D-Wade is one of them. He, he's one of those guys that I thought would stay in Miami forever, one place forever. He was the, the the mayor, the, the governor, whatever of South Beach, Miami. He, he was the man. That was his city. A lot of people, you got Levitard, you got a few other, Jason Jackson, guys who've been in that Miami area for a long period of time. Those guys are saying, you know what, this is arguably, probably, he's probably the biggest athlete in the history of Miami sports. Better than the Dan Marino. And that's saying a lot. Because we all know how special and how great Dan Marino was. He didn't win chips, didn't win titles, but he was an all-time great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. But you look at what's going on with Dwayne Wade and, and Pat Riley and everything, and it just could, you know, D. Wade felt like he was a little, just felt a little disrespected. Felt like, you know, he gave away some money over the years, and he should be repaid for giving away some of the money that he gave gave away over the years. And here's what I'll say to that. I think that whole notion is a smidge overrated because I, I believe that, you know what, Dwayne Wade, it did help him. I know there was some after, you know, they won that title with Shaq and um, there was some lean years for a couple of years or some lean times in Miami. But I, here's the thing. When they got their hands on LeBron James and Chris Bosh, all those guys, you know, took a haircut on some level to make that work. And, you know, D-Wade wanted to play with those guys, and those guys wanted to play with D-Wade. But in order for that to happen, guys did have to make sacrifices. And so in order for D-Wade to be able to play with his boy LeBron and his boy Bosh, sacrifices had to be made. Guys had to take less in order for that to happen. 
And in order for D Wade to to have the level of success that he's had over the years, he had to give a little. Tim Duncan gave a little. Parker, Ginobili, all those boys, they gave a little. Dirk Nowitzki gave a little. So in a capped sport, sometimes you got to, Brady gave a little. Sometimes you got to give a little to get a little. And D-Wade, over the years, gave a little to get a lot. And the big three doesn't happen if guys don't make sacrifices. But D-Wade wanted to play with those big three. He wanted that big three to happen. D-Wade wanted to play with LeBron. LeBron is the reason D-Wade got two more chips. He probably doesn't get another chip if LeBron doesn't come to South Beach. I don't think he does. I really don't. So he needed LeBron. And in order for LeBron to come, guys had to make sacrifices. So he made a sacrifice there. Then he makes another sacrifice after, you know, they lose to the, in the NBA Finals to the Spurs. He makes a sacrifice, opts out of his deal with the hope that his boy, LeBron James, will return to South Beach. You know, there's some dispute that maybe within that organization reports are that the Heat organization thought that D-Wade knew what LeBron was doing. I don't know. They are boys. So if somebody is going to know, and we've seen and read articles about the level of closeness that D-Wade and LeBron had, heck, Gabrielle Union, D-Wade's wife, says that LeBron and D-Wade are closer than them two. So, I don't know if D-Wade knew. I don't know if he didn't know. Maybe if LeBron was his boy, he should have told him, like, yo, dude, stay in. Keep getting that money. I'm out. I'm going to the land. I don't know. Maybe LeBron didn't know right away. Who knows? But I will say this. You know, to me, I look at this separation between D-Wade and the Miami Heat, and I think it's a good thing for both parties. I think D-Wade, and I'm not saying he's going to win in Chicago. I'm not saying they have a better ch- they have a chance to beat the Cavaliers. But I'd say he has a better shot with Chicago than he does with the Heat. You got Rondo there. You got a Jimmy Butler who's an up-and-coming player. You got now Wade, who had a big-time playoff, played very well, and was one of the reasons the Heat, well, ultimately took the Raptors to a seventh game, but had a great shot to win that series. He, D-Wade, was the reason. He hit some big shots against the Hornets, hit some big shots against the Raptors. He played well in the NBA playoffs. He had a great season. He turned back the clock a little bit. We'll get to back to D-Wade in a moment. Second hour of go for it. Second half hour. The last hour of go, last half hour of go for it starts right now.
Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. Last half hour. Go for it. Talking sports, having fun doing it. Paul again here, cracking and rocking this mic. Been locked, rocking it, and cracking this mic for the last hour. Final half hours coming up. Going to be joined by Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. Get his take on NBA free agency. Marlon's been a guy who's been very supportive of Kevin Durant and his decision. And been very supportive of Dwayne Wade. But let me get back to Dwayne Wade. I thought, while this is a good situation for both parties at the end of the day, I thought that this should have been, they should have found a way to get this done. I, I just don't think, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that some players just don't belong in different uniforms. Carl Malone didn't belong in a different uniform. Hakeem Olajuwon didn't belong in a different uniform. Patrick Ewing didn't, did not belong in a different uniform. Michael Jordan did not belong in a different uniform. Some of these guys just don't belong in different uniforms. They just don't. Wasn't it weird seeing Akeem Olajuwon in a Raptors jersey? Wasn't it weird seeing Patrick Ewing in a Magic jersey and in a Sonics jersey? It just wasn't right. Not saying it wasn't the right move. It's just saying it just wasn't what you wanted to see. The Knicks got rid of Patrick Ewing at a good time. They did. Uh, they got rid of they they you know they they made the deal for Patrick Ewing at at a good time, but it's not something you want to see. And a guy like Dwayne Wade, he should not be in any other jersey but that Heat jersey. He should. And, and so, I mean, it is what it is. It is a business, and it's a good move for both parties. But it just shouldn't be. Just like Carl Malone shouldn't have been. The Lakers uniform, just like Elijah shouldn't have been a Raptors uniform, just like Patrick Ewing should not have been in a Sonics Magic uniform. It's just not something you want to see. Just not a good look. But it happens. And it happens. And, and so I don't think it was a good move. I, I mean, here's the thing. It's a good move, but it's a bad move. Because I don't think I, I'm, I'm, I believe in loyalty. I, I think certain guys just belong in certain places forever. Reggie Miller belongs in Indiana forever, and I think both sides should try to make this work. I'm not buying the sacrifice talk with D Wade because he sacrificed to win more titles. He sacrificed to win more. Going to four straight NBA Finals had to be a fun thing for D Wade. But at the end of that, end of that, it is a business, and I think the Miami Heat, from a business standpoint, made the right decision. And I think D Wade, from a business standpoint, maybe a little personal, from his standpoint as well, made the right decision. Bulls should be fun, should be interesting, some intrigue. You got some intrigue in New York with Rose and Joe Kim Noah, Melo there, of course, Porzingis. So there's some intrigue. Intrigue in big cities. That's fun. We're going to bring in a guy who's been following this free agent madness 
A lot of money being thrown around to a lot of people. Some deserving, some some maybe undeserving. But hey, at the end of the day, it's not it's not really what you're worth. You're pretty much worth what somebody is willing to pay you. Let's bring him in now. Ryan University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. Marlon. Hey Paul, how you doing, Rob? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Problem as always. Thanks for having me, man. Let's get right down to it, man. It's been it's been a while, but you know the NBA free agency, <laughs> a lot of money being thrown out to a lot of different people. Let's start with D Wade. You know, we we all know what happened. There, there seemed to be some issues with him and Pat Riley in Miami. Ultimately, D Wade goes to the Chicago Bulls two years, forty seven million. Your thoughts? That should never happen. I mean, you you kind of hit it on the head that certain guys belong in certain jerseys for the rest of their careers. And, you know, Dwayne Wade is one of those guys that, you know, it'll be hard to see him in anything besides the Miami Heat jersey. But at the same time, I understand his move. I mean, you know, these these franchises, they make a boatload of money. And uh, for a guy like D. Wade, you know, who's done everything that you've asked him to do uh, to put the team in a better situation, and for them to treat him the way they treat them is totally unfair. Uh, and, you know, it, it's the, the loyalty factor doesn't exist. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade is a guy that whatever he asked for, you should have just given it to him for everything he's done, not only for that franchise, but for that city. You, you know, you, you look at what Dallas does for Dirk Nowitzki. They take care of him. He's supposed to be in a mass uniform. You even look at what the Spurs have done with, with their guys, with Ginobili, Parker, Tim Duncan, those guys are always reconstructing their contract to make sure everybody's taken care of and the Spurs take care of them on the back end. So, you know, I, I think with Dwayne Wade, he, he got to do what's best for you. So I, I can't knock him for it. I, I applaud him, actually. You know, how, how many times are you going to get slapped in the face and then, you know, finally say, hey, you know what, I'm going to hit back. And that's what he did. You know, he went and got his money that was well-deserved, and, you know, we'll see how it goes for him. Let me ask you this. I mean, did he really, did he really sacrifice? I, I, and I ask that, and I say that because, in order for LeBron and Bosh to go to Miami, everybody had to sacrifice. So is, is the sacrifice angle a little overrated? I, I don't think so because look at uh, I can guarantee you every night those seats were filled. So. Somebody was getting their money, whether it was the owners, GMs, everybody was getting paid. So why not take care of the guy that put it all together? You know, yeah, Pat Riley is the mastermind behind it, but nothing can go down without Dwayne Wade saying, hey, all right, I'll take this to get this guy. Well, let me ask you this. From From a purely basketball standpoint, was this a good move for the Miami Heat? No, because you weren't going to win anyway. You lost Joe Johnson. You lost Luau Deng. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, I think you overpaid him, but you had uh So why not just give Dwayne Wade what he needed for the next two years and let him ride off into the sunset? You weren't going to be better than a five seed anyway. So why not just keep him there, continue to have fans fill the 
uh, seats and rocked it out. You know, you had a good young uh, nucleus with Justice Winslow. Uh, you brought Whiteside back. You build around those guys now. So you weren't going to be good. So I just think that you should have took care of him. So how about from D-Wade's standpoint? Because I feel like he has a better shot with the Chicago Bulls. I'm not saying they can beat the Cavaliers. But I think he has a better shot to beat the Cavaliers with the Bulls than with the Heat. So from a basketball standpoint, from D-Wade's standpoint, is this a good move for him? Uh, I think it is. And the reason why I say that, uh, Fred Hoiberg's a good coach. Now, I think he's probably better suited for the college game, uh, the type of offense that he likes to run. You need shooters, and obviously, you know, with D-Wade and, and Rondo and, and Butler, those guys aren't necessarily shooters. But I watched Boyberg uh, when he was at Iowa State. He's got a lot of other offenses that he can run that can make those guys effective. So I think, you know, they, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everybody was saying the Bulls were rebuilding, you know, getting rid of Derrick Rose and knowing right now, I think they're still in that six, seven, eight range uh, to make the playoffs going next year. So, you know, good move, I think, for the Bulls. I mean, for the Heat, you were probably in that same position. So in that six, seven, eight range, why not give them his money? It's yeah. I mean, like like I said, I thought they should have made it work. I, I thought they should have really made it work, but I feel like at the end of the day, a divorce is probably not a bad thing for both parties. And I think Miami ultimately they're, they're able to move away from D Wade and and almost rebuild in a lot of ways. I, I think with D Wade there was a pressure to win on some level. I think without him, you you start to rebuild, you start to to move on and find that new face of the franchise. I don't think it's Hassan Whiteside, who you gave max money to, but but we'll see. We will. <laughs> let, let me ask you this now, and, and let's go to Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant introduced to the Golden State media yesterday, San Francisco, Oakland media yesterday, and, and now he is a part of Golden State Warriors they got Draymond, they got Clay, they got Steph, and now they have Kevin Durant. I am of the mindset that he should have stayed in OKC. He could have stayed in OKC. And, hey, they're pretty close to winning a title there, too, if Kevin Durant stays. But you stay in OKC, you stay there forever, you become immortalized, you probably get a statue as well. But at the end of the day, it is his decision. He did what was best for him. Your thoughts on Kevin Durant? Going to the Golden State Warriors. Growing up, what are we taught as kids? You work hard, you get a good job, you work hard at that job to try and get a better job. That's all he did. He got a better job than he had before. Yeah, like OKC was good. They were right there. And, you know, you can say if he played better, that those final four minutes in game six, they're probably in the finals. If Russell probably plays better. You know, they're probably in the finals, but it didn't happen. And in today's day and age, you're judged on how many titles you win. And it's what I've been saying all week. Titles matter. Uh, If he gets one championship, it's one more than he probably would have had with OKC. 
I mean, you, you look at what OKC did with trading Oladipo, getting Oladipo for Ibaka. That kind of showed you what direction they, they were heading in. Uh, I, I think all, all this started a couple years ago, giving up James Harden. Uh, they didn't want to spend the money and be over the luxury tax to uh, keep Harden. But I think if you'd have kept that core of Harden, Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka, you'd probably have a championship by now. And I think that's what Durant saying to himself, like, hey, our window is slowly closing, if not closed now. Let me get out of here. I mean, what else did you want the guy to do? He was pretty much OKC. You know, he was there for nine years, gave everything he had to the franchise, and now, now he wants to win. You know, and I hear guys like Charles Barkley knocking him for making this kind of move, but let's not forget, Charles Barkley left the Sixers to go to the Suns because he didn't think the Sixers could win. Now, and he still didn't win a title, but That's true. whose fault is that? You, you, you know, you look at guys of the past. Uh, is it our fault that Barkley didn't win one, Patrick Ewing didn't win one, Carl Malone didn't win one? You know, let's throw Carl Malone in there as well, who left Utah to go to the Lakers to chase a championship. So, you know, I, I think all that stuff is overrated, you know, with the criticism that, that Durant's taken. I mean, titles matter. You know, he's done everything he's needed to do from an individual standpoint. You know, now he wants to win a championship. And like I said, growing up, we are taught you work hard to get a good job, you work hard at your good job to get a better job, and that's what he did. And you can't really argue with that. I mean, because at the end of the day, he did get a better job. He did go to a better situation. But let me ask you this. You, you know, you go OKC, Sam Presti, they've done a great job over the years. You talk about the James Harden thing. That's a tough thing. That's a tough one because I thought they gave up James Harden a year too early, and I thought they should have tried to make that situation work. They didn't. But let me ask you this. And looking at OKC with, with the addition of Oladipo, you know, the two bigs, the young bigs, Kantner, Kantner and, you know, uh, Adams, obviously Westbrook as well, a top five player. Do you think that team would have been a championship caliber team? Uh, you know what? I think they could have been. But now it's one of those things where I thought Ibaka regressed uh, as the year went on, and especially down the stretch in the playoffs. Um, I thought he was better on the blocks and obviously on the defensive end. And you saw in the playoffs he just wanted to shoot jumpers. So, you know, going into next year, who knows what that would have turned into. Uh, Adams, I thought, was coming on. Uh, I, I still think they needed another shooter. You know, you saw in the finals, they, or the Western Conference finals, they pretty much played 5-4 when uh, Roberson was, was in the game and he couldn't shoot the ball. And, you know, Deion Waiters, for, for as much as I love him at Syracuse, I hate him as an NBA player. You know, he, he's a uh, one screw away from being a nut job. So it, it, it was tough, you know, and, and I can't fault – Durant for thinking what he was thinking because you still don't know what was going to do. So, you know, you got to take care of yourself at the end of the day. This world yeah, no is doubt. all about taking care of yourself. No doubt. No doubt. And, and that and we can criticize them. I mean, everybody's going to criticize them. I and mean, everybody's going to criticize every move that you make in reality. So, he's got to do what's best for him. And obviously, he felt going to Golden State was best for him. We'll see how that works out for him. Is that team 
beatable. You know, David West is there now. Zaza Pachulia. You know, Ian Clark has re-signed, and ultimately they're probably going to find some other guys they can bring in to fill out their bench. But is that team beatable? Uh, I think they are. Everybody's beatable. You know, the question is, are they beatable in a seven-game series? I think, you know, they still need another big guy to, to protect the paint. Uh, you know, maybe my guy JT can come back. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what uh, the, the Warriors are, are thinking. But you still need another guy that can protect that paint. Uh, you know, because everything's going to fall on Draymond in, in that front court, and that's asking him to do a lot. But if, if there is a guy that can handle it, I think it'll be him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond Green averaged a triple double this year, but with all the weapons that they have, and he can rebound the ball and, and lead the fast break. Can't ask for anything more than that. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch. It's most definitely gonna be fun to watch, and we'll see. And 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 we all know the Miami Heat when they first came together back in 2011. It took some time for that thing to come together, and ultimately, it took that second year for them to win that NBA title. So we'll see how this thing plays out. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gilmore. I want to ask you about your next now. I mean, Derrick Rose is in the building. I mean, uh, Joe Kim Noah is in the building. You know, you got Porzingis already there. I mean, Courtney Lee is in the building. Um, Melo's there, obviously. How you feeling about your Knicks? The most important pickup was Courtney Lee, by far. I like that one. Uh, you know, it's not really talked about, but Courtney Lee is a guy that over his career has been able to make shots. And I think with the guys that the Knicks have, you know, you got to be able to keep Rose in front of you because if you can't, defenses have to help in. He's a good enough passer to find guys when they're open. Melo, obviously, is probably one of the best one-on-one players in NBA history, so you have to respect him. Porzingis is coming into his own, and Joe Team Noah just plays so hard that, you know, I think Courtney Lee will be the big uh, – beneficiary of, of this new Nick roster. Um, you know, like all the moves that they made, the one move that, that I thought they should have made was trying to acquire Trey Burke, but you bring in Brandon Jennings as a backup, and that's not bad either. If, if Brandon can stay out of the clubs, he'll be okay. <laughs> so, it, it, is it possible if D-Rose can be the D-Rose of old, if Joe Kim Noah can have a level a level of health, if you know Melo balls out this year, is it possible that this Knicks team could be the second or third best team in the Eastern Conference? Whoa, 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 whoa! Let, let's not push it. Even I, as a Knicks fan, aren't asking for miracles. I, I, I just want to get to the playoffs. Let's just have the lights on in the Garden uh, come May. That's all I want. You know, if we can get there and, and we give ourselves a chance, anything's possible. But I, I think with the signing of, of these guys, you know, Phil Jackson, he's done a good job. I will say that because I, I've been a guy that's questioned the moves that he's made. But, you know, I, I like what I see. And, and I think this is a team that can slide in somewhere between that five and eight seed. Okay. Uh, but in a perfect world, if if, if those perfect things happen, if D Rose, you know, if the D Rose from 2011, if, if Mellow is is Mellow, and 
if Noah goes back to his ways of rebounding and blocking shots and having that level of activity that he's known for, you don't think this could be a team that could be dangerous in the Eastern Conference, maybe get that second seed? You know what? If, if that happens, that means Gabrielle Union is going to give me a date. So I, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to bet against that. Oh, I'm not going to bet use that as, as my bet, uh, so to speak. Like I said, I'd just be happy with the garden lights being on. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> We're talking about a university <laughs> assistant basketball coach, Marlon Gilder. Marlon, obviously the money was crazy. A lot of people made a lot of money, obviously, the spike in the salary cap, and owners got to spend the money. Therefore, players got to get paid and got to get paid a lot. End of the day, what was the contract that had you shaking your head, that had you scratching your head? I think I kind of know which one. Uh, well, I'll ask you, which one do you think I'm going to say? Kent Bazemore. You know, Kent was kind of out there. I'll say this, the one that really made me scratch my head, or it's two of them actually, that made me scratch my head, was the Tyler Johnson and the Allen Craft contracts. Okay. Because none of those guys are marquee players. And for the money that you're paying both of those guys, one of them has to be the face of your franchise. I don't know which one that is. And for the money that you gave to both of them, I couldn't even tell you who Tyler Johnson was until he signed that contract. <laughs> and, and that's no knock on Tyler Johnson. He's probably a very good player, but, you know, I I think it just speaks of, one, the amount of money that's really out there, and, two, you know, it's like uh, the old Jay-Z line regarding Brooklyn, and I hate to say it, you know, they had a spark when they started, but now they're just garbage. (laughs) You know what, there's there's another one, too. Solomon Hill, four years, $54 million. That's That's a wow. That's a wowzer. It, it is. It, it is. But, hey, if, if if you can get it, go get it. And that just lets me know how much money the owners are making. Definitely. And, and that shows you that the game is healthy, which is a good thing. No, for sure. For sure. But there's a lot sure. of guys making a lot of money. What is, what is the one team, obviously, Golden State has to stand out because they got Kevin Durant. But what is the one team for you that you you felt like that this team could make a a, a leap forward after their free agent moves? Uh, You know, I I like what the Pacers did. They got younger by getting Jeff Teague uh, to go with uh, Paul George. Uh, I I know that they've been trying to get Rudy Gay in in a trade if, if they could for Monte Ellis and you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I, I look at the moves that, that the Pacers made, and, you know, I, I see them inching back up into that 3-4 range if, if they can get it done. I mean, you, you bring in a new coach, Nate McMillan, who really isn't new. He was uh, just to the right of uh, Frank Vogel, so, you know, he probably has the same philosophies as Frank. Uh, and, and, you know, let, let's not forget Frank Vogel, probably shouldn't have left Indiana. I think they were a team that was still, like, right there on the verge of making something happen. You probably broke them up a year too early. So, 
I, I like the moves that uh, Pacers did. Um, obviously, the Clippers re-signing Jamal Crawford was huge, and then getting most Spates on 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 a cheap contract. Uh, you know, so those two teams that I probably think did a good job that nobody's really talking about. Definitely. I mean, it should be fun. One thing I'll say is going to be fun. Chicago's going to be interesting. New York is going to be interesting. And, I mean, it's great for basketball. Big cities, you know, big-time cities, big-time basketball cities. And it's going to be a little bit of intrigue. Not to say they're going to be good, but it's going to be intriguing. And I think it's great for the game at the end of the day. And here's the thing. Let me ask you one thing before we get out of here. You got the criticism out here, a lot of people saying super teams, super teams, and it's bad for the game. And, and I'll counter that, and I'll say the 80s, they were super teams, the the Lakers, the Celtics, and then the Pistons near the end of those 80s. The 90s, it was the Bulls. I mean, there's been super teams since the beginning of, beginning of time. The league benefits from super teams. They really don't benefit from parity. They benefit from super teams. Your thoughts on the whole notion of the super teams being bad for the game? Oh, no. Like you said, super teams have been going on forever. But now that, you know, I, I think with the money that's being generated, now you got social media, now it's just blown way out of proportion. I mean, you, you look at Clyde Drexler going to the Rockets to go win the championship with Elijah on. You can consider that a super team. Like you said, the Bulls being a super team. Let's not forget Scottie Pippen signing with Portland made them pretty unstoppable. Probably should have made the finals if they didn't have that meltdown in the fourth quarter against the Lakers in, in the uh, Western Conference Finals. So it, it's been going on for a long time. I think now we just pay attention to it because of the money and social media and, and things of that nature. But, it, you know, knock it off. You know, the league likes it, so we might as well enjoy it too. For sure, for sure. Marlon, pleasure talking to you, man. Nothing but the best of luck. Let's do this again. No, nah, no problem. Same to you, my man. Let's do it again. Take care. Bye-bye. Marlon Gill, Ryder University assistant basketball coach, getting his take on NBA free agency. Very fun. Very interesting. You know, free agency is great. It's great for the NBA. And the NBA, like the NFL, you have a situation now. You go from the NBA Finals to the NBA Draft to free agency. So you got, after the season's done, you got that whole week of the draft. And then you got the whole next week and the week after that, pretty much, of free agency. And it seems like each and every year you always have major talent out there. Westbrook could be a guy out there next year. You know, obviously LeBron's out there every year. Durant's going to be out there next year. So there's always intrigue. And it's great for the game because we're talking about NBA basketball deep into the summer. And then you got the Olympics as well. So that helps too. You know, that, you know we all got guys who are, who are battling out and everything. But I look at the Olympics as great. For the sport of it, for basketball, it's bringing attention to your game. You can't ask for that. You can't ask for anything better. People are paying attention. It's positive attention. People are paying attention. 
I want to thank Marlon Gill for stopping by. Also want to thank Jason Thompson for stopping by. Ryder University was definitely in the house tonight. You can listen to this show, another great show, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show, another great shows. Follow the show on Twitter, at go for again. Hit us up on YouTube at youtube.com slash go for again. Hit us up on Facebook, like us there, at go for again, and support all the great things going on with Paul Gant and go for it. For everybody here at go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. And before we get out of here, you know, my condolences to all the families, to the cops in Dallas, to the two gentlemen out there in uh, New Orleans, excuse me, Baton Rouge and, and Minnesota. It's an unfortunate situation. And we hope that the violence will end. And we hope that we'll have peaceful resolutions and that we can all come together as one. Take care. <laughs>